Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Great to have you along on the show today. I am Jason Romano. Check us out on our website, sportspectrum.com, and we're grateful to our sponsors here at Sports Spectrum, and that would be Compassion International. We've told you about them so many times here on the show. We're grateful to have them as partners. Check out the website, compassion.com slash sports spectrum, compassion.com slash sports spectrum. It's $38 a month and it's your chance to release a child from poverty. I promise you, you won't regret it. Consider sponsoring a child through Compassion, the most trusted child development ministry in the world. Again, that website, compassion.com slash sports spectrum and sponsor a child today. We're pleased to have Johnny Quinn as our guest here today on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Johnny is a 2014 United States Olympian. That was the Olympics in Sochi, Russia. He was an Olympic bobsledder. But Johnny, when you hear about his past, it had nothing to do with bobsledding. He was a wide receiver at the University of North Texas, a member of three Sunbelt Conference Championships inducted into the North Texas Hall of Fame in 2011. He went undrafted in that NFL draft, but was signed by the Bills back in 2007, then played with the Packers in 2008, played in the CFL with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2009, and somehow five years later was a U.S. Olympic bobsledder representing the United States in Russia. He's got a great story, and I'm just grateful to have Johnny here on the podcast. He's also the author of of a book called Push, Breaking Through the Barriers, and that was released February 7th, 2018. Johnny, only the third person ever to have played in the NFL and have competed in the Winter Olympics. Lots of good stuff here from Johnny Quinn, the former U.S. Olympic bobsledder. Take a listen here on Sports Spectrum. Johnny, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me on great to talk to you, Johnny. And your journey is quite an interesting one because it's taken you from pro football to the Olympics, now keynote speaker, author, and of course, the two most important jobs, husband and father. Life is kind of crazy right now. I wonder for you, let's start with that sort of what's happened more recently, I guess, in you becoming a dad to Amelia, I think it was, born August 2018. How's life been going as a dad thus far? Yes, yes. You know, first child, it's a little girl. She's just so sweet, Amelia Rose. And uh, Jason, I I want like seven of them now. You know, it's just when I (laughs) tell people that, they said, okay, wait till she starts crawling and talking and moving around. But it's just, you know, this season of life, she's eight months old now, my wife and I. uh, Man, we are just so smitten with our daughter. It's, it, it truly is when you hear people say, hey, when you have your first child, it's life changing. And we're, we're experiencing that. I mean, every day she's, you know, she's rolling over. She's experiencing new things as, as a little baby. And we just celebrate that. And it's, it's so cool because uh, I, mean, I anticipate every day I come home from work uh, on, OK, hey, what, what does she learn now? What's she going to do? So that, that has been our focus. All I'll say is just wait till they become teenagers because I have a 14-year-old, almost 15-year-old daughter, and I have just one, and it's, yeah. that's, that's not intentional, but we have just one child. And if I had two or three of what I have now, I'm not sure I'd be able to survive. So <laughs> don't ask for maybe seven babies, right, but right, remember right. that these babies grow up to be teenagers. You know that's right. That's right. <laughs> 
Johnny, let me ask you about your your career. It's such a fascinating one to me. Playing in the NFL, the CFL, and being an Olympic bobsledder. Which of those, I guess, let's start with this. When you were 10 years old, which one of those seemed the most unlikely? Because you're also a keynote speaker and an author. So there's like four things that we could point to. Olympic bobsledder, pro football player, author and speaker. When you were 10 years old, which one of those was most likely and maybe most unlikely? Well, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be a professional athlete. Um, That was just a goal of mine. So when you play sports in Texas, you think football. So that was always on the the forefront was being a, a football player. And, you know, if I could rank them, it'd probably be football player, speaker, author, and then Bob Slutter. Because I would, I would always, you know, look at the people in the NFL growing up. I was a big fan of Jerry Rice. And, you know, once they got finished playing, then they moved on to, to media and they'd write a book. So I, you know, I kind of had that seed. Okay, this is how you do it if you're going to, you know, go pro. But um, had you told me growing up in the state of Texas that one day I'd be a bobsledder for the United States of America, Jason, I'd say, I'd say you're crazy. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's uh, not something that was on the radar. But tell me about um, growing up in Texas. My assumption is you probably grew up in a faith family. But tell us about that, kind of what faith was like in your life. Maybe was it a part of your family as a kid? And maybe share a little bit of your testimony. Yeah, so I grew up in church. You know, we're right here, Dallas, Texas, the Bible Belt. So there's a, there's a church on on every street corner, and there's a lot of good churches down here, yeah. which, which is great. And so grew up in church, um, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when when I was very young. You know, what's interesting with my testimony is I started drifting with with kind of worldly success. I had a lot of success in high school, a lot of success in college, and when I got to the NFL. Uh, things got really tough. You know, I, I turned pro at 22 years old. Um, incredible experience to to get to the NFL. But by age 26, he, here's where it all changed. At age 26, I'd been cut three times. I lost 2.6 million dollars in NFL contracts, and I blew out my knee. And so, Jason, here I am, right? You know, this, this athlete that grew up in Texas, um, and I, I've never faced. Uh, adversity in in that high of a regard before. And and here, as I look back now, here's what happened. See, my identity was tied to my career. And as long as I was catching footballs and that direct deposit was going in every Tuesday, right, things were good, Jason. Hmm. But when that got taken away, right, when football got taken away at 26, it was like, uh, like like uh, Matthew seven, where, where Jesus talked about building your house on the sand versus rock. It was like building my house on sand. When the storm came, it all came crashing down. Hmm. And so that faith that you had had as a kid had to be really put into action as an adult. I always say, there's if you grow up with a faith, there's a point where you have to make that faith your own, and it's not your parents' faith anymore. That's the right. Faith that you went to church, and sometimes it's adversity that really kind of makes us or breaks us in going deeper in that faith. Is that what happened with you? Yeah, it, it, it became authentic. It, it became where my faith wasn't contingent on, um, hey, my life is going well, or hey, you know, uh, you know, at the time I'm, I'm making money or, or whatever it is, wherever you're, you know, you're putting your idol, your hope. Um, at 26, it was, hey, regardless if I'm a, an athlete or not, uh, my identity is secure in Christ. And even as I started, you know, making a run at the Olympics, which was so far off of my path growing up, you know, I remember having this conversation with my, um, she was my girlfriend at the time and she became my fiance and my wife, Amanda. But I said, you know, this is a little bit different journey trying to make an Olympic team 
than the NFL because whether I make, make the Olympics or not, my, my identity is secured. Mm. And, and that was the switch, right? That was the authenticity of, of you know, a true understanding of the gospel that, you know, what Jesus has done um, for us and that, that our identity is secure for all who believe and confess his name. And so that was for me, 26 years old, even growing up in church, that was the turning point for me as far as authenticity. Have you seen as you've been speaking now, and I want to talk about kind of how this speaking career comes about and your, certainly your time in the Olympics, but have you seen now as you go and speak around the country and talk to a lot of different people, that identity is the single biggest struggle for athletes? I have found this, but I'm wondering if you've seen this too. Identity is the biggest struggle among athletes who profess a faith in Christ. It, it is. You couldn't have nailed that any better. I, I mean, I think um, – you know, the, the athletes that as you grow up, you know, you, you're so um, in dame with sports and, and that's your life and, you know, schedules are built around it and you've got family porn and you got friends and, and there's a lot of healthy uh, portions to that, which, you know, transition well into the marketplace. And, you know, we've done well, you know, taking some of the skills you learn as an athlete and into, you know, business in the real world. But it, it's the identity piece and you can you can lose yourself um, similar to what I did when you start having a lot of success in the athletic realm. That's also a big thing I see for athletes who retire. And for you, it was a weird thing because you retired from pro football or your career ended and then you go into becoming an Olympic bobsledder. But a lot of athletes, especially NFL players that we've been uh, privileged to have on this podcast and even ones that I've just come in contact with throughout my career, both at ESPN and now with Sports Spectrum, these the struggle of being able to move on, even with a strong faith in Christ, after the cheering's done, after, after right. your career is over, is a very difficult thing. Have you seen that as well? I have, you know, and, and I see a lot of athletes, you know, transition into coaching after they, they get done competing. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Here was my here was my perspective on why I didn't go the coaching route afterwards. I thought, you know what, I can always I'm a football player through and through. I, I can always fall back on those skill sets. Um my thought was, you know, I've been a part of teams that have experienced success at a high level. I've worked with people who have different backgrounds, different personalities, which you do in any team setting. Can these skills transition into the marketplace? And a long story short, Jason, is they can. Yeah. And so although I am now a speaker, I am an author, you know, I also own an insurance agency, what I'm seeing is that, hey, the, 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 the tools that we used as athletes to um, you know, get us to compete at a high level and have success, grit, determination, commitment, work ethic, right? All those things. We can use those in other avenues, yes. right? In other areas in our life. And I'm a living, you know, proof to that because I'm, you know, that's what I'm doing now in the marketplace. And so I think that's been so cool is, and, and I talk to athletes who are retiring and, and they're thinking, you know, all I know is football or all I know is basketball. All I know is baseball. Hey, this, this is what I'm going to get into. Hey, if that's what you want to do, great. But let's let's pause a little bit, right, before we jump in and understand that, you know, if you compete at a high level, and what I mean is, you know, anything after high school, that's pretty that's pretty legit. Yes. You've got a skill set that can transition into anything you want to do. So what do you want to do? Let's get clear on that. Johnny Quinn's our guest here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. 
former U.S. Olympic bobsledder. All right, let's get that story because I think that's just a fascinating one. How in the world do you go from being a professional football player to an Olympic bobsledder? Well, Jason, you just watched the movie Cool Runnings over and over. No, I'm <laughs> I do like that movie, by the way. Yeah, it's a great one. It's a great one. You know, when I when pro football was over, um, I knew I still had something left in the tank, and some things started to line up. My mom, she she had a colleague who was in the 2010 Olympics for bobsled, hmm. and then my agent represented a bobsledder um, in the 2002 Olympics in Salt Lake City. And we found out quick that they look bobsledders. Yeah, they look for former football players with a track background. Herschel Walker was the first guy to do it. He competed in the 1992 Olympics in Albertville, France. And so, you know, I kind of physically fit the mold on what they were looking for. My scholarship was in football. I ran track in college, and so I have this conversation with this driver at the Olympic Training Center, and he calls me. And he goes, Johnny, why don't you come out here in a couple months? You know, push a bobsled around, see if you like it. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll come out. But if my agent finds a football team, you know, I'm going football. And Jason, true story. One month before I'm supposed to go, you know, get my cool runnings on, I get a phone call from this driver. He goes, Johnny, one of my guys has showed up overweight. Do you want to come up now and compete in the U.S. four-man team trials? (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know. And, I, and here's the question I ask. So well, well, when's the race? <laughs> and he goes, it's in two days. And I'm like, two days? I mean, come on. I've never pushed a bobsled in my life. And he wow. goes, you know, Johnny, 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 all you have to do is get inside the sled. And there was this awkward pause on the phone. And I'm thinking, hey, let's do it. And so true story, I fly in the night before team trials. My first time ever on ice was at the U.S. four-man team trials. And we took third place. It was, Jason, it was unbelievable. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you end up as an Olympian because you're a U.S. former U.S. Olympic bobsledder. So you're in Sochi in Russia, right? That's right. Tell us about the experience on just going to the Olympics and being a bobsledder in, in probably the most unlikely places you ever probably thought you would land in the Olympics. Right, right. You know, one of the cool things about being part of Team USA and and really any sport is the ability to travel um, and and make friends and meet people in different countries, different cultures. And so that was such a unique deal. And, you know, I I started in 2010, my bobsled career, you know, it it ended in 2014 in Sochi, Russia. And when when you walk in opening ceremonies and you hear them say the red, white, and blue, right, the United States of America... I mean, the adrenaline is out of the roof. And that was such an incredible experience to be there with Team USA, represent our country on the world's greatest stage athletically. And it was almost – what's so neat looking back now, you know, my struggles with football, my identity as a pro football player. Um, I remember walking in opening ceremonies and just just having this moment of just thanking God for the path that he's put me on because it's almost – you know, symbolically, if he, he uh, redeemed my athletic career to where I couldn't take credit for it, right? I was so good at taking credit for my success I had in football because I, I was an undersized receiver and I, you know, I was fortunate to break some records and I took credit for that. But to become an Olympic bobsledder, that was never on my plate. Yeah. And at age 30, when in the world of pro sports, you know, they call 30 old 
to yeah. to become a United States Olympian. It, it was it was unbelievable, Jason. Unbelievable. What's your favorite moment from being in Sochi, being at the Olympics? Was there some something that happened or something that stands out that was just that when you say when I say the Olympics, it takes you right back to that moment. Well, opening ceremonies was huge. Um, yeah. Standing at that start block, you know, for the, your first race uh, on Olympic ice, you know, that moment, you know, feeling the ice, um, you know, feeling the crowd, and then I, I so that those are two important moments. And then I ran yeah. into a little bit of an awkward moment in the Olympics. I got stuck in my bathroom in the Olympic Village. I read about this story. Please, t- please share what happened. Yeah. So it was the <laughs> night after opening ceremonies. I'm in the Olympic Village. I'm taking a shower, and I cannot get out of my bathroom. And so I'm, my weight, my my roommate was in the weight room at the time, so it was just me. And in the Olympic Village, these rooms kind of run parallel to a hallway, and so I'm kind of banging on the wall trying to see if anybody, you know, is walking down the hallway to come render some aid. And I, I, you know, I'm I'm in there for about an hour. I get to the door, I hit the door, and it cracks. And so I just kind of wind back and, and hit it harder, and my fist goes right through the door. Hmm. And so at this point, I'm thinking, well. You know, some damage has already been done. Let's let's get out of here. And so I, I break down the door. I get out. I, I take a picture, and uh, you know, I, I go down to the USOC and, and notify them because um, I didn't want to get in trouble. You know, I, I wanted to let them know, hey guys, here's what I ran into an issue. Couldn't get out. Had to get out. And so I I, I ended up putting a picture on social media, and uh, it blew and, up. And right? It, it went crazy. In 24 hours, I got 28,000 retweets, seen by about 10 million people across the world. It was insane. I had no idea a broken door would create that much excitement. It was just wild. <laughs> That'll open up your eyes on the power of social media products, right. too, huh? Right. Oh, yeah. It was just, I think the Yahoo took it first, and they sent it to the BBC, and it just went nuts. Oh, that's insane. Now, tell me the cooler moment here for you. You ready? Olympics. Or because I know you were with the Packers, yes. or walking out in Lambeau Field uh, in in a, in full garb as a Packer. Jason, don't you can't you can't <laughs> pivot me in a corner here, man. I mean, they, they were two they, 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 I've, because I've had this question before. They were two truly special, unique moments. I mean, as a football player growing up, to go to the Green Bay Packers. Right, my first game was in the preseason. It was on Monday Night Football in Lambeau Field. I mean, to come out of that tunnel. Are, are you kidding me? I mean, it was it was remarkable. But as I you know mentioned about the Olympics, to to wear the red, white, and blue, and to hear them say Team USA, yeah. I mean, they're just two incredible moments in two different uh, avenues, and something that I'll just cherish forever. Johnny Quinn's been our guest here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. I want to ask you about faith, I guess, in sports. You know, being a football player, then being an Olympian. You know, Romans one sixteen. what does it say that he, you know, Paul says he's unashamed of the gospel. We're called to be unashamed about our faith. We read about that a lot in the New right. Testament. What did that look like for you? How did you navigate the world of sports with your faith and being intentional? But I guess in many ways, as I tell people, never forceful about your faith. Right. Well, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to be the salt and light of the world. And, you know, are our words and our actions lining up? You know, it, it reminds me of um, the Old Testament story of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, you know, everybody in the city is worshiping this, you know, this, this idol. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. And Nebuchadnezzar calls them in and says, hey, you guys are going to worship me or I'm going to throw you into this fiery pit. And 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 I, I love this story because it 
it, it just goes back to the authenticity. Where where is your true hope? You know, or, or do you look as God as um, kind of a genie in the bottle? Where, hey, if if my life's going well, then my relationship with Christ is going well. If it's not, then it's not. And what I mean by that is because I, I battle with this struggle where, um, you know, with with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, they said, hey, look, you can throw me in this fire. I'm not going to worship you, but our God is the only God that I'm, we're going to worship. He has the ability to save me, but whether he saves me or not, mm-hmm. my identity and trust is secure in him. And it, as I look, as I look, read that story kind of through the lenses of my career, um, you know, sometimes I could fall in the, in, in the lies from the enemy of, hey, had I have had a little bit more faith, I could have played longer in the NFL. Or had I have had, you know, a little bit more faith, then maybe I would have won an, an Olympic medal. Yeah. And that is just a, 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 a false dichotomy of um, kind of maybe what we're seeing now, you know, in, in the culture we live in. And it's a, you know, for me, it's, it's understanding that, hey, whether, whether I'm a football player, whether I'm an Olympic bobsledder, whether I'm a husband, you know, a, a friend, my identity is secure in Christ regardless. And how you live your life um, how you walk through, you know, life with people around you, that are you being a reflector, right, mm-hmm. of Jesus in the gospel? Johnny Quinn is joining us here on the podcast. Last couple of questions, Johnny, I want to ask you about that 2014 year, you went to the Olympics, but you also got married. So how has that been going? And now it's been almost five years since you've been married to Amanda. Tell us about some of the lessons you've learned in marriage now that it's been five years or so. Yeah, that's right. Five years. It's been, uh, man, it's been incredible. You know, it was neat. We got married in 2014. We had our first daughter in in 2018, our first child. And, you know, those four years as newlyweds, um, it it was huge for our, our marriage early on that, that we didn't rush into children. Mm. Um, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. But for us, that was for us to kind of build the foundation of our marriage, um, as newlyweds was huge. I, you know, I look back on, you know, courting Amanda up to engagement and then and into marriage. You know, the first, let's say I started bobsledding in 2010 in October. I met Amanda in September. And so the first five to six months of our relationship, just dating, I was in Europe, right? I was overseas. And so it made us, you know, communicate early on, on the phone, FaceTime, things like that. Um, it, it took a lot of the physical the ability for physical, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, out of the picture, because I'm seven, you know, hours away over overseas, and and we look back on that season of life, um, and that was great. It was it was able for us to set a foundation together, and you know, we're going to be five years in in, in May. Um, man, our marriage is awesome, and uh, gosh, she's just so special. I have such a rock and Amanda. Johnny, you are the author of the book, Push, Breaking Through the Barriers. Tell us about the book a little bit, maybe what those barriers are that you've kind of speak to. I'm sure when you're speaking and doing keynotes and things like that, you talk about this book a little bit and some of the barriers. You mentioned the football barriers certainly earlier and being cut three times and losing a lot of money and blowing out your knee. But tell us about the book, Push, Breaking Through the Barriers and those barriers that you're talking about. Yeah, I wrote this book in a way that you can read this, you know, page one all the way through, or you can read it 
you, you can go to a certain chapter. Hey, I want to learn more about Johnny's experience at Olympic trials or with the Packers. or So you can kind of pick and choose your chapters. And what I've noticed is that sometimes we walk through life with these invisible barriers. Maybe it's a, you know, something a parent said growing up. Maybe it's a failed relationship. Maybe it's a business that's gone south. But if you can kind of imagine with me, sometimes we walk through life with this kind of ball and chain just dragging behind us. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be around, you know, Olympic medalists, um, high powerful coaches that just bring a ton of wisdom. And so I wrote this book to help, you know, identify barriers in your life and how, how do we break through those? And so, um, you know, I put it in a book format that uh, is just kind of a fun read on my experiences in the NFL, through collegiate sports, uh, in the Olympics, with a lot of the wisdom and knowledge that I learned that uh, anybody can use and implement today. Nice. The book is available everywhere books are sold, and you can check out Johnny's uh, resume if you want to have him come speak, if you want to talk about his book or whatever it is, Johnny Quinn USA. Dot com is the website, johnnyquinnusa.com. Last question, Johnny, and we asked this to all of our guests on the podcast. What are you learning from God today? What is the Lord teaching you in the season of life that he has you in right now? I'm learning to be health, uh, find a healthy form of contentment. You know, I'm a small business owner. I own two businesses. Um, I've got an eight-month-old daughter, mm-hmm. and understanding that, you know, success at work without success at home isn't really success at all. So understanding that, you know, to not to be complacent, but to be content with what the Lord has given me, um, to be a good steward with what the Lord has given me. Um, and, and whatever that might look, and it's different for everybody, but that, that's the season of life I'm in right now. Mm. I'm just going to repeat that quote because I'm writing it down as we speak. Success at work. Yeah, and I, and I, I'll have to give, tell you who said it too because you can't credit me. I got it from another guy, but it's success at work. Without success at home, isn't really success at all. And it's a guy out of Oregon. I follow a lot of his content. His name's Dale Partridge. Yeah, sure. Um, out of Bend, Oregon. Yeah. But I, when I read that, he wrote a book called um, "People Over Profit." Yes. And I read that, and that, and that stuck with me. Right? Success at work without success at home, it really isn't success at all. Well, and you realize that the more that you've gotten into this marriage and this family dynamic, right? That right. That success. I mean, listen, I struggled with that myself for many years working at ESPN. And I was like, my identity was so caught up in that job. And it's like, wait a minute, I could be doing great things and moving up and you could be getting Olympic gold medals and Super right. Bowls. But if things aren't right at home, then is anything really successful? That's right. That's right. You know, I, I always search out one of the things I like to do in business and in life is I like to find, you know, people that are a few steps down the road that I want to go and I watch, mm-hmm. I listen, I ask questions and, you know, I, I look at families that they've got great relationships with their kids at the, as they have gotten older. And so I ask questions, you know, hey, what'd you do well? What, what, what uh, are there any areas you'd approve on? And, he, and here's, what I'm, here's what I'm figuring out, how children spell love. They spell love, yep. T-I-M-E, time. Yep. And so I want to set my work schedule and, 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 and honor the time that I can spend with my daughter and my wife to set the tone now and plant those seeds, make those deposits so that we can, you know, have a harvest here of a healthy, healthy marriage and, um, you know, father-daughter relationship 
as we get going. Johnny Quinn has been our guest here on the podcast. Johnny, this has been great. We could talk for hours, and I'm just grateful for your time. Uh, hopefully, we'll get you back on and wish you nothing but the best. Thanks so much. Jason, thanks for having me on. Great stuff there from Johnny Quinn, the former U.S. Olympic bobsledder, NFL player, and the author of the book Push, Breaking Through the Barriers. Many thanks to Johnny for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter at Johnny Quinn USA at Johnny Quinn USA. And that book again, that new book is called Push Breaking Through the Barriers. It was released a year ago, February of 2018. Great stuff there from Johnny. We thank him for joining us here on the podcast and we thank Compassion for sponsoring this podcast. For $38 a month, you can release a child from poverty. It's the best $38 you'll spend every single month and it releases a child from poverty by providing them with food, education, medical care, and vocational training. For more information, check out Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and consider releasing a child from poverty today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Check us out on our website, SportsSpectrum.com and consider subscribing to our quarterly magazine for just $18 for an entire year. Get your four issues of the Sports Spectrum magazine plus a couple bonus issues welcoming you to the Sports Spectrum family. It's a great deal, 18 bucks for an entire year. Plus, check out our website for other content, too, all day long. Stories on the intersection of sports and faith and a daily devotional to start your day off at 6 a.m. Eastern every weekday, Monday through Friday. SportsSpectrum.com. Check out that website, bookmark it. You'll love to visit it every single day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day.